What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian, where we dive deep on all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. Which, on today's podcast, we are just doing a quick rundown of my reactions, thoughts, everything concerning the challenge, Untold History, Parts 3 and 4, which aired last Wednesday night. Was this podcast meant to come out last Friday? Yes, indeed it was. Did you think that you'd probably be hearing the Duel 2 Rewatch podcast today after previous delays? Yes, you probably did, because I most certainly said that that would be the case. However, things happen, and to make a long, boring story short and still likely boring, I had some tech issues with the first recording of this very podcast. I didn't notice until I had already begun my weekend, which consisted of a brother's bachelor party and my one-year wedding anniversary to big events. Events. So my Thursday through Sunday night were booked. No re-recording was done until today. So here we are. We are going to hammer out challenge documentary parts three and four today. We will do challenge documentary parts five and six on Wednesday night after those air. And then Friday, we will get that dual two rewatch podcast out before then the ruins on next Monday. So we'll get back right to the regularly planned schedule with those rewatches. Get caught up dual two Friday ruins next Monday, challenge doc today and Wednesday. And then next week, it'll be here. Season 38 will begin and we will obviously go right from doing the challenge doc right into covering the challenge itself. If you need to get all set for season 38, my preview podcast is available on this very feed. Go back an episode or two and you will find that. So that is the plan. Apologies for anyone who's finished their Duel 2 rewatch week or two ago and has been waiting to get into that season. We will get ourselves caught back up here quick with the double rewatch series Friday and Monday. With that, thanks as always for being here. Let's go ahead and dive right on in to the Challenge Untold History, Episodes 3 and 4. Diving right on in, let's start a couple quick comments just about both episodes in the documentary in total, and then we'll go Episode 3, Episode 4, all the things we loved, a couple of our critiques. But at a high level, the first thing that just has to be said after watching week two of three, parts three and four of six, is, as we kind of said a little bit last week, it's not really a documentary or even really too much of a behind the scenes. It's kind of more just a celebration of the challenge more than anything else, which I guess, yes, a documentary or a behind the scenes is, you know, that's one of the things it's meant to do, but it seems like they're leaning completely in just the it's a celebration of this thing uh, and kind of a retelling of a lot of the history, not as much behind the scenes documentary or anything like that, which I love it. I think fans are loving it. I think you'd be crazy as a challenge fan not to enjoy everything we are seeing here. And I think they could do way more of this style stuff and they don't have to try to play it off as something that it's not. They could be very upfront and just be this is a celebration. This is a retelling of history. These types of things, like every one of the little segments they do in each of these episodes, these aren't that hard to put together for the people that have all of the resources that they have and all of the footage and everything that is their footage from making this show. 
And I think they should be doing more of it. They should put things like each one of these segments could be a YouTube video every single week. And guess what? There's tons of us out there like myself. You know, I think that because I want to do that myself. And part of the reason I want to do that and so many other people who have been doing it on YouTube, in podcasting, wherever, are doing it because the main show and the main production and MTV, Viacom, CBS, whatever the hell we're calling them these days, they aren't necessarily doing it themselves up to until this point. And now we're getting it and it's awesome and it's wonderful. And it's proving that maybe they should do more and more of this stuff. So uh, here's the hope and there is more of it. The topics of these two episodes were great. I had a blast. I enjoyed and and or loved every single segment. There was not a bad segment in these two episodes. Most of them I enjoyed. Some of them I absolutely loved, loved, loved. But Again, it's not necessarily like a real hard-hitting documentary about this stuff. We talked about that before. It just is a celebration, which is fantastic. But uh, maybe next time, just you know, pitch it as what it is uh, so that there's maybe the few people out there that feel either misled or are now maybe not enjoying this as much as they would have otherwise would have known what they were getting in for. But... For most of us, you know, I talked about my thoughts going into the whole thing. I expected it to be more this than some hard-hitting documentary, some, you know, really behind the scenes talking about the issues the show has faced, anything like that. So I love it. It's been great so far, all four episodes, but especially these two loved everything about them. Let's dive into each of them individually, starting with episode three. Which I think there was more of an under, uh, more of a, a title to it, but it's essentially just titled Underdogs. Episode three is Underdogs. Episode four is Goat. So episode three, Underdogs. Let's talk through it. The DM segment start there. Absolutely wonderful. Had me legitimately in tears. It had me getting ready to tear up when it opened the whole episode with the kind of little teaser segment was DM about to take her wig off, and then they went into the little you know credits thing, and then they eventually you know went to the Sarah Grayson first and DM came later, but even that moment had me ready to tear up. And then the full DM segment had me legitimately in tears. Everyone loves her. She is, you know, one of the biggest parts, one of, you know, the most impactful stories in challenge history. She obviously, her story had to be a part of this six episodes. They fit it in here. It worked really well. I loved that they highlighted her time on Fresh Meat and that Derek was speaking about her and her impact a good amount as if you listen to my 100 takes for the 100 podcast episode, uh, one of the listener submissions was about Derek and DM's connection in the fresh meat season for DM in general getting lost because the duel comes right after it. And obviously that is what it is. So I love that they were highlighting that. And again, starting the episode by the teaser with the wig removal, that was great. Hooked me in, had me all in on this episode from the first moments, which is what you want. Personally, I would have held off on the full DM segment until dead last. They put it kind of in the middle, second, third, which is fine. That's just a small little thing I had on that. Moving into then the Sarah Grayson segment. Knocked it out of the park. These are exactly what I'm saying when I say the segments they could make a hundred of about different moments or players or seasons. They could have one something like this little five-minute segment coming out on their YouTube page every single week. Everyone would watch it. All the challenge fans would watch it. It would do better and honestly make them more money if that's what they really care about than putting it out on MTV or on Paramount Plus or anything else. I digress. That's a topic for a completely and utterly different 
podcast. But the Sarah Graceman segment knocked it out of the part. She was a super important part of challenge history between, you know, that season being the first with the limbs and then playing out in the manner that it did with her going in five of them and winning them, you know, between her being the outcast and the underdog, proving to be maybe the most valuable player on her team, not even arguably the most valuable player on her team by the end that ended up winning. Uh, you know, the women getting kind of one up on the men at this point in shows. History was important. All of it, everything about the gauntlet and Sarah Grayson's performance on that season was so, so important and, you know, impactful on challenge history. This had to be a part of one of these episodes. Thrilled that Sarah herself was there to be interviewed and talked about it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful all the way across. Then we've got the Devin Simone segment. This was maybe of of the two full episodes we saw uh, uh, last Wednesday night. This was maybe the most interesting behind the scenes that we got in any way. Um, you know, between Justin Boots saying that they bet on uh, if she would finish, or that maybe the, some things like that happen with productions you know, more regularly than we would think the way that it showed, you know, production, like all cheering her on and like trying to help her get to the end and caring about their cast members and how they do and them overcoming things. That was really cool. And the fact that they told her in the moment, like, Hey, I know you're stopped right now. You know, here's some more water fuel, whatever, but like, there's a time limit here. We've got to get off this mountain by this time. So if you don't get up, like you're, we're going to have to just DQ you getting to see that interaction during a final specifically. And especially because of the recent finals that we've seen in productions interaction or lack thereof with contestants, this was just really interesting and actual behind the scenes thing that added a lot of, you know, color to this moment. That was a really cool, fun, awesome moment. And one great to look back on in perfect for this underdog episode, but also gave us a lot more of that behind the scenes. That's interesting and fun to learn about, uh, and kind of gives us a better sense of what actually happens in these things that we as fans never get to see. So it was nice. They at least got some of that type of stuff in and they did it while highlighting a really awesome moment and someone in Devon who has become very integral to the challenge community, either via, you know, hosting after shows, the podcast, everything else. She's wonderful. She's awesome. Glad she was highlighted here. Then we had the Jordan wisely segment, Obviously, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know, huge Jordan fan here. I think he's fantastic. I think the part of this, you know, they focus on him being just an absolute badass doing that exit interview for hours while puking on pain meds, the whole thing after the shoulder injury on Total Madness thought that was really, really cool, really interesting to learn and just, you know, you know, Jordan, as far as being a badass and just a super tough person, uh, wasn't well, he was already, you know, at the top of the rankings as far as high as you could go in those characteristics in my book. So, uh, if, if it was possible for him to go higher and being a badass and a tough SOB, then he does for getting to see that segment, his, you know, character arc and challenge history is just a really, really great one. And, um, glad, you know, they had to fit him in here. They, you know, talk about his impact on, you know, anyone with a disability. That's all wonderful. That gets, you know, drives that human interest that other reality shows maybe have in much bigger numbers or spend more of their time focusing on than the challenge does. So a show like this about the challenge is able to give us a little bit more of that, which I think is wonderful. Then we have the Leroy and Nani segments, which I'll say, you know, good times. They're fan favorites. Uh, you know, they are full. They were for a decade full time career challengers, and 
I like that they got the spotlight because everyone loves them. They've got to have, I mean, I mean, guaranteed Leroy has the highest approval rating of anyone maybe ever in the history of the challenge. And Nani is damn near the top of that list as well. So it makes perfect sense that people have devoted so much of their lives to this show and that everyone loves this much. We're going to put a spotlight on him. Makes total sense. I had a lot of fun with these segments, but they didn't have, you know, the, the kind of gravity to them. They were more just like, oh, I really love those people, and I'm, I'm happy to spend five minutes talking about Leroy and Nani because they're great. So that was all I had on that. John A., pretty much same thing. I love John A., so I loved the segment about her, and it works perfectly as a, like, also, by the way, we've been doing this all-star thing, and it's added this whole new element to the world of the challenge for these comebacks and these transformations and these years down the road. So that worked really well. I don't have much on that. We then finish with the Derek segment. And perfect choice. He's an integral part of the story of the challenge, the evolution of the show and the game itself. This segment did a great job of highlighting why he was so important and of kind of highlighting his evolution as a version of an evolution of the show itself. All of that worked fantastically. I am so glad that the him getting hit with a golf cart and him wrestling slash fighting uh, Landon in the streets uh, made it into there. It all leads up to Derek versus Josh, which needed to be in the six-part series. Somehow, some way, they had to get that in, and it was a perfect encapsulation of everything Derek brings to the game and all the many things, so many different things to love about the challenge itself. So that was perfect that they got that in. They highlighted that. They ended with that. Loved, loved, loved everything about that. So that's pretty much everything that we loved segment by segment, really, from episode three. The only critiques I would have is... It felt like it was more, a little more like fan favorites than underdogs. Like they were being pretty broad with the, you know, the underdog listing. But if it was straight up, you know, just best underdog stories ever, then maybe we need to fit uh, Carly on Fresh Meat 2 and Ashley on Invasion. Even like a singular victory, like a Devin beating bananas on Vendettas and an elimination. Some others come to mind, but that's really more of a time thing. I don't think there's, you know, there's nothing from this episode I necessarily would have removed. But if you were going straight like best underdog stories ever, you know, Leroy and Nani never have one. So their underdog story was not a hundred percent complete the the way some of those others I just mentioned, or some others that I could bring up would have been, but that's, if that's the only critique I have about the entire episode, then this episode was freaking awesome. And guess what? It was freaking awesome. Then there was episode four again, uh, the actual title, I don't remember, but it's essentially goats, the greatest of all time episode. That is the theme. That is the topic they're diving into. And now we've got a couple issues. So let's start with a couple of the issues. And then we'll talk again about all the segments that we loved and the little things about them that we loved. Same as we just did call it the most important players ever instead of the greatest. And then if you want to, you know, transition into using the greatest ever for certain people, as you get through your list, great. But just, if this is the list you're going to give us, if this is the the list of people we're going to have segments about, then just call it the most important players ever. That's honestly almost more interesting than if you're not really going to have the time, which we'll come to again here later, but to, to dive into, who truly is the best ever, like really answer that question or try to give some form of an answer to that question or a full breakdown of the candidates for the answer to that question, then that's fine. You don't need to just call it the most important players ever. And then, you know, the list you've got going here works a lot better. And there's a couple others that were a part of this show that could have been a part of that one way or the other. 
just you know either make the list appropriate the people that you do the segments on or call it something different this is very similar to you know when they tried to label the first ever season of all stars like as you know they tried to brand it as the greatest ever coming back to play and then they quickly course corrected and just went with these are all stars these are legends these are awesome television personalities and also some of them happen to be the most winning players ever but some of them don't at all they course corrected very well on that uh this episode you know maybe shouldn't have been called the goats maybe should have just been most important players and then at the end you kind of transition to who's the greatest and do the banana ct part at the end because on the men's side they use five people they have miz Darrell, west ct and bananas and i'm not mad at that list of five it makes sense as a way to talk chronologically about the show and historically about the show to have all five of those we'll touch on each one here in a moment obviously they only have so much time but you know I feel like Landon should be in here somewhere. Um, you already you did get him for the interviews, which is the reason I was like, Ugh, I feel like you could do a quick Landon segment. You'd already got him. You found a way to get him to come there and do the interviews. You could have had the segment about him. They had done a Jordan segment already, the previous episode, so that felt like it was good enough. So the men's side, I didn't really have any any real qualms with it. The women's side, however... I'm sorry, but I did, and I think everyone else, uh, most fans would agree, regardless of the fact that we the the couple people I don't think maybe should have been mentioned, should have had segments on this, or people that have huge, high, 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 high approval ratings, myself included. I love all of the people they talked about. I love that these people got the spotlight on them, but for this particular topic, I don't know that it exactly fit, starting with Anissa, who... I'm sorry, just because she's an amazing person and she's production's favorite person, which, by the way, for good reason, deservedly so, that doesn't mean you get to be put in the greatest of all time segment. Like, she has had an incredible impact on the show. She is easily a a Hall of Fame candidate, if not in the Hall of Fame, when it's all said and done, and I've really thought that through. But as someone who's never won before, I can only think of a very small, less than a handful of people who have never won who would be, you know, truly up for that Hall of Fame status outside of maybe a couple people who did like one or two seasons or whatever. But regardless, Anissa's amazing, massive impact on the show. That's exactly why I say call this episode, you know, the most important players ever, the people who are most essential in telling the story of the challenge, who had a huge impact on it, who are the best at producing and making this television show and making this a career, whatever. But if it's the greatest of all times, I'm sorry, Anissa, you can't be anywhere near this conversation. I love you. I do. And you are really, really good at certain aspects of this show. But this just, this she shouldn't have been here. Then we got Cara Maria, but without Cara Maria to actually talk about Cara Maria, we're going to come back to that later. We're going to skip that for now. Cam is included, and this is another one. I'm sorry, but she's never won. She's incredibly good at this show. She is a beast. She's incredible. She is a killer in the elimination ring, if not in dailies and possibly even in finals. She's a contender on the season she's been on. If she comes back to the show, she will be a contender right then and there. She's an amazing person. All of that high scores across the board. But the fact of the matter is she's never won. And so if we're talking about the greatest of all time, um, we she's just not in the conversation she's not in that top group that should make up this list if that's what this episode was meant to be laurel car maria that made sense anise and cam they did not where were the veronica's corals evelyn's 
Paula's of the world. Hell, put Casey in it. I, like, honestly, even put Casey in. She's won one and made three finals in three seasons. I wouldn't even be that mad about it. And it'd be like, hey, we got this modern person who's competing to, you know, climb up the ranks, has been climbing up the ranks, whatever. Uh, like, put her in it. I don't care. Put Veronica in it for sure. You've had Veronica in this. You did extensive interviews with her. There you go. That's easy and deserved and necessary. Uh, I'm guessing they could not get Coral um, to be involved in any way, whatever, even so. You did a Cara Maria segment without Cara Maria. Do a Coral segment, her impact without Coral. Evelyn, Paula, the same thing goes for them. So that's a couple of the critiques of just who they did it. If they were going to call it what they did, who is going to be involved in that? They could have altered you know, either the list of people or the way they framed it one way or the other. It didn't all add up exactly. But it was still awesome. And speaking of awesome, let's talk about a few of the segments that we liked and what we liked about them. The Miz segment, speaking of awesome, is first, and it's 100% necessary and the right way to lead off this, this episode of the show. His challenge story had to be in this show. I'm glad it was. I'm glad he still has so much love and appreciation for the show, what it did for him, for the fans of the show, even today. It it just it's just the best to see how much he you know he owes to the show or believes he owes to the show and gives to the show and the appreciation and everything else. This is where they could have roped Coral in. I feel like you know Coral and the Miz, as we've covered on the rewatch series with all that the seasons they did together, they were they were a pair. They were always a duo on this show for four of the five seasons each of them did. They could have roped Coral into this segment, I think, even without her actual involvement pretty well. So that's the only thing, you know, critique I would give there. But the Miz segment was great. Love having him be a part of this. Absolutely essential to telling the story of the challenge and the power of the challenge of where it could lead for someone like the Miz. Then we had Darrell. The Darrell segment encapsulated why Darrell is such a great person and such a great challenge competitor flawlessly. Just absolutely A+. All across the board between, you know, uh, I, I don't have the, my all my notes right in front of me, but between, I think, Derek saying, you know, he plays the game the right way, between them, you know, kind of essentially saying verbatim, you know, he was the original GOAT, how the Miz would say, you know, if Darrell's there, you're going to lose because he's going to win. That's just how it was back then. The only person to have ever won four in a row, all of it. It was a great job of being like, this is the OG GOAT. He was the first person who ever became that's the greatest player we have. It's not that anymore, but we got to put the respect on the first person to ever assert themselves in that way. The only person who's ever won four in a row. And we've got to correctly state how great of a person Darrell is and how he plays this game a little different than everyone else. And some would say the right way, even if it doesn't always make for the most exciting television, it does make for an absolutely great human being. Then we've got the Wes segment. And look, Wes is the best at making TV, Uh, probably has been for some time out of any cast member, but certainly right now today, Wes is the best person at making television of any of the cast members. His monologue to start this segment off on himself is why the way he ends the segment on himself is why he's just really good at making television at this point and making entertaining content in general, of any kind, uh, he deserved to be a part of this. It highlights the political strategy side of the game better than anyone else, and they really drove that home with him and some of the stuff they showed of his. So thought that was a great part and made total sense and just want to shout out Wes for being really, really good at uh, making entertaining things for us to watch and or listen to. Then we had Laurel, absolutely deserved. Uh, they nailed that one. I don't know why that 
They used most of the Laurel segment to just talk about her completely and utter bullshit elimination loss on War of the Worlds 2. That felt a little like rubbing salt in the wound of of uh one of one of or maybe the best ever to do it on the female side and someone who you've just brought back into the challenge world on season 38 coming up so uh really glad she was a part of it deserved part of it absolutely necessary part of it seemed a little weird that they chose to focus on just uh not just that but you know they used a bulk of the of the time talking about laurel to talk about that one elimination loss and that seemed seemed a little odd but I digress. Then, of course, the whole thing ended with CT segment, Bananas segment. I had a great time with the CT and Bananas segment. It made total sense. They were obviously going to lead up and to do those two last um, and had a great time with it. I think they made CT look better than Johnny Bananas, which I think is on purpose. They balanced that out a little bit by giving Johnny the hammer spot, that final spot. If they would have done Bananas and CT and they would have done the exact same segments they had, but put Bananas first, CT segment second, it would have been way over the top. Like, clearly we all think that one is better than the other and not so much like, hey, this is a crazy, fierce debate in the fandom and everything, and we're going to highlight the debate and that it's kind of even. So they kind of make CTs look a little bit better. I was a little, if I was each of them, I would have been happier with CT's segment than I maybe would have been with Bananas, but they give Johnny the hammer spot. That kind of balances out. At the same time, this deserves its own hour, two-hour more (laughs) hours long breakdown debate of sorts because it could be what they did here uh like if they took what they did in 20 minutes or so here and broke that out over two hours just talking about these two just diving in to the history of these two in this show who is the best ever what each's resume looks like with the interviews and everything they were doing here it would be incredible. They should do it. It could, it could, they could just blow this out so, so, so big. And so that also made me, it just kind of left me wanting, uh, which I guess is a, is a decent thing for a show like this. But I was just like, ah, I want, I want more. I want more than the little, you know, six minutes we got on each of them, five minutes we got on each of them, whatever it was. So liked it. Uh, obviously people like myself, many others out there will do those debates. We'll do those super duper long breakdowns, uh, have done in the past. We'll do more in the future. So those will happen, whether the challenge, itself and you know Murray itself wants to or not and then we end with uh what we alluded to before and said we would we would wait till the end to say and that is car maria they do a car maria segment car maria is not there for the second week in a row we weren't 100 sure after week one of like is she going to be involved maybe she just they didn't use any of her interview clips in the first couple of episodes but no she's not there but they do do a full segment on her and it's all, it's just, it's, it's all so stupid that she's not there. It's so, so, so stupid. Now, would it have been worse if they just didn't even do a Cara Maria segment on the GOATS episode? Yes, way worse. That would have been beyond egregious. That would, there wouldn't have been words to describe how upset I and everyone should have been if that would have been the case. If they were like, we didn't even involve her in this documentary. And guess what? We're not even going to acknowledge that she's one of, if not, in my opinion, the best female to ever play and participate in this show and sport. So, yes, it could have been even worse, but it's still absurd and stupid that she isn't there. Maybe one day we'll find out why exactly if they did call her, didn't call her, how it transpired, what, who made what decisions. But the fact, again, that Polly is there doing an interview and Kara isn't is very strange to me, very odd to me. And I would love to get some more background on that. To my knowledge, um, 
she and and even Paulie himself or production side, anyone involved hasn't said anything other than just positive affirmations to each other. Cara has been very, very, uh, you know, just wonderful to the show on from what I've seen on her Instagram and other social places and just saying, you know, like I wasn't there and that is what it is. And, you know, I think this is awesome and everyone involved and the challenge is wonderful and, you know, just being really courteous and generous and nice and uh, applauding the show and everyone involved. So that's wonderful and great from her. Uh, if someone out there right now is listening is like, no, Jacob, she said this or this came out or whatever. And I'm just, I, I was a little out of, a little out of touch the last four or five days had some crazy stuff going on, uh, over the course of the extended weekend. So let me know, DM me at challenge story on Instagram. If I missed something where she or Polly or someone else said something about, you know, how or why she was or wasn't involved, let me know. Um, but it's ridiculous that she should have, that she isn't there. It's fantastic and has to have a Cara Maria segment if we're talking greatest of all time. So spot on with that. Final word on it. it the one thing I did see from uh, social media reaction and things is the whole Jemmy Polly little back and forth on Instagram where they use in the little clip to open this episode. They they act like they're asking everyone who's the greatest of all time and they get Polly saying Laurel clipped in there. That's editing tricks. Jemmy point, pointed that out uh, on you know on one of the social channels. Polly came back and was like, "You know as good as anyone that that's just an editing trick." They didn't ask me who's the best of all time, and I said Laurel, and that's it. And that's not what it is. Jemmy knows this. She just wants to drive attention. She's very very smart with this stuff. Knows how she's doing this. Knows what she's doing. I fully believe that, and uh, good on her for doing that. But also, please, uh, anyone who saw that or anyone. Anyone who sees the little clips or the little trailers that they put out and falls for the little editing tricks, please, 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 please try to learn from moments like this that these editing tricks are doing a specific thing to get us riled up. They put that clip out the day of the episode because they wanted specifically to put, hey, tonight's episode is about the greatest of all time, and here's Pauly seemingly saying Laurel is the greatest of all time, and you're all mad that Kara's not here. And so now, boom, everyone's talking about the show. Hopefully more people watch the show that night. That is what they are doing. It's a strategic, and it just we got to all stop falling for it, myself included. Thankfully, this one I did not, and I was glad to see both Paula, Paulie, and Kara go out there and defend. Like, hey, that that's obviously everyone knows what's happening here. But for those who don't, this is how that went down, and we get even in the episode Paulie obviously talking about Kara, and again, really strange that he's there talking about her, but they don't get her herself. So we'll leave it at that. Ultimately, you know that little tussle was a big nothing burger. All we've got to say is, as we've been saying over and over and over for months, uh, bring back Cara Maria. Just bring back Cara Maria. Why was it she wasn't on season 38? Well, let's just move past it, even though the season hasn't even aired yet. Bring back Cara Maria. All-Stars 4, season 39, USA 2, War of the Worlds. The next, the, the next one, War of the Worlds. Uh, you know, the, the, spin, the Challenge USA Super Spinoff World Championships. Put her in that. Whatever you got to do, bring Cara Maria back. So that's episode four. Uh, the next episode is titled love is not a game. Um, this is either going to be the best episode with all the juicy behind the scenes things and actual discussion of some of the hard topics I had hoped for, or it will easily be my least favorite episode of the six, uh, could go either way, but I think it's going to either be one end of the spectrum or the other. It's either going to be awesome and actual hard hitting. Like we learned some interesting, fascinating behind the scenes hookups or like how production handles certain things and hard topics, or it's just going to be like, hey, remember when these two hooked up? Remember when these two hooked up? And we'll we'll get you get a little pull out your heartstrings with a little CTDM segment, and now we're out of here. 
um, which, you know, will be fine and good, uh, certainly, but we'll see. I think it could go either way, either the best one or maybe the worst one out of a group of none of them. I don't think will be bad, but it could be the worst of a bunch of great. So with that, that's everything we've got for these two episodes. We'll be back Wednesday night after the final two episodes, five and six air. We'll break it all down then. That'll be out Wednesday night into Thursday morning. And then again, on Friday and Monday, we'll get the rewatch series back, caught up with the Duel 2 and the Ruins. So get to binging those if you hadn't already. I know they're a little uh, little coming a little later than we originally thought, so you may have already binged. But if you haven't, go do that now. Thank you all for being here. Get in touch on Instagram at Challenge Historian DM are always open hit that follow subscribe button wherever you may be listening drop us a five-star rating if you don't mind those help a lot help some other challenge lovers out there discover this podcast so we'll be back wednesday hope you have a great week until then talk soon peace